Enjoy this trip. Enjoy this trip. And it is a trip. Countdown is progressing. Yes, it's Europe calling Vince Tracy and Neil Colborne with all the news from the UK and from Spain on one podcast. It's Europe calling. Great interest on the website at the moment. Absolutely stunning, absolutely chuffed with it all. Uh, let's get Neil here. He should be here any minute or two. Another boiling hot day uh, yesterday. Today, a little bit of a difference. Yes, it was grey uh, when we got up. It stayed sort of muggy, but we've had rain today. I don't think many people are complaining. Nice to see a bit of rain on the Costa Blanca. So let's have a quick chat then with Neil and find out what the week's been like. First of all, Neil, um, nice bit of rain. Had a great week. I've been golfing, beautiful, boiling up, lovely. Look at this. It's, even though it's cloudy today, I'm still in my vests and my shorts and flip-flops. I managed to get a swim in and, as you say, you know, shorts and yeah. uh, flip-flops. But um, it's we nice need to a bit, a... We, do bit of, we do need a bit of rain. Aye. The garden needs it. Get them flowers popping their heads out again. Aye, and let's hope that it's fallen upon the reservoir as well. Oh, yeah, we yeah. Def- definitely need it there. We're getting low, aren't we? Oof, too low. I don't like it. Okay, let's go to the Spanish news. But we'll do that after we've said hello to our stations and we'll go first to our four in sunny California. Stitcher Radio, Gigadel, Spreaker and Podomatic. Getting some good figures off Podomatic as well at the moment. Let's go to um, we'll go to the world realms of music. That's in Detroit. It's Tom and the Gang and the WROM stands for... The World Realms of Music and their yeah. website is looking very healthy. Tom, yeah. it looks absolutely fabulous. Well done. Uh, we'll go to Matty Aaron's next. That's Mersey Radio. That's in Liverpool. I'm looking at the things Matty's doing as well. He's uh, very big in boxing and uh, does some good good interviews with the with the boxing fraternity in particular. Lots of good things there. We'll say hello to um, Mike and the Gang. That's at Family Radio 1 in the UK. And uh, we'll go to her check in Florida. That's Erica and her lovely gang. Which only leaves, of course, uh, a very big hello to Naz and the gang. That's at Beats FM in Bangladesh. And what are we in Bangladesh? Big in Bangladesh. Fantastic. I've got to say, Naz is big in Bangladesh. Oh, no, yeah. He's, he's poof, I yeah. tell you. Oh. Going from strength to strength. Anyway, welcome everybody. Don't forget George Elton. He's sent in a couple of comments, hasn't he? Of course he has. And, uh, and somebody else now, so we'll get some more comments. We don't mind them. Well, just in case anybody would like to telephone, if you ever do feel the need, we'll give you a phone number. It's 0034-966-874-808. And you can uh, normally phone in just after quarter past eight on a Thursday evening. That's when we normally set this up. So please feel free to give us a ring. Correct. Join in on our podcast. Okay, let's go quickly to uh, the news in Spain. Now, you might remember there was a, a kid in a suitcase and he was being smuggled into Spain. Can you imagine this? Uh, a kid being smuggled in in a suitcase. Well, uh, the father of the little lad, Adu uh, Autotara, I think it is, he's eight-year-old, the lad, uh, is from the Ivory Coast, and uh, he was the lad, of course, um, that the dad is now blaming the people traffickers he hired 
for deceiving him over the way his son was to be taken across the border from Morocco into the Spanish enclave of Ceuta. Uh, I never thought he would end up in a suitcase and that his life would be in danger, his life and my life, said Ali Katare in Sevilla on Tuesday, a day after being released from prison after his wife posted £5,000 worth of bail. It's, um, sorry, euros, it was £3,685, which is a lot of money, you know. Um, hours late earlier, Lucy Katara, or Utar, I'm not too sure which way they pronounce that, allowed to take Adu out of the children's residence he'd lived in since his ordeal on May the 7th. Uh, she or he then, uh, the, the father, spoke of his happiness at having reunited his family despite his regret at the way Adu was transported across the border. Um, I've been living in Spain for eight years and yesterday was the happiest of that time. Um, Weren't it him that got caught with the case? Well, uh, coming across. Yes, I think it was, wasn't yeah. it? Um, he's still being investigated by a judge for a possible crime against the boy's physical integrity. Uh, said he was a victim of ruthless people traffickers, claiming that he always thought Adu would cross the border legally from the Moroccan town of Castilejos into Ceuta. After I had spent almost a week in that town, I was becoming really desperate as I couldn't find a way to take my child into Spain. They knew I was desperate and took advantage of this situation. The family lawyer, Juan Isidro Fernandez, has explained previously that Mr. Utara had believed his son would be flown to Madrid before being told he was on a plane to a Casablanca. Uh, Morocco, the father, then travelled towards the land border with Europe at Ceuta. So, no, he couldn't have been with his dad, could he? Um, I always wanted to bring him to Spain legally because I am a person who respects the law and the institutions. That's why I asked for family reunion twice, but it wasn't granted. So I tried to bring him myself, but not this way. You see, th this this is from a talk show on Spain's Telecinco channel. Um, basically, what he's saying, uh, and, and it seems to be being overlooked in this particular article, was that uh, he respects all the laws and everything, but if the people um, that he asks say he can't bring his child in... Then you can't bring him in. Uh, no, 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 he respects the laws. Yeah. So therefore, he just goes and gets the people traffickers to yeah. take over. <laughs> and it just so happens that they bunged him into a suitcase and tough that he was found out. It's about time. They, they've got to get tough on these, Neil. Correct. You Correct. Know, I, How's I, he going to fetch his wife over in a trunk? Eh? Are they going well, to fetch her over in a trunk or something? I don't know. Well... OK, you've got the people coming in from Africa that way. You've got people coming in from Syria and the other parts uh, of the, the, the continent on, in, in the other direction from Italy. You've got them hanging around in a massive camp now uh, outside of um, Dover, is yeah. it? Calais. Uh, Calais. Calais. Um, uh, the, I mean, basically... Um, can't anybody see what's going on? Because exactly. it, it is a they question. They illegal, illegal immigrants. Exactly, and they're starving. And they're, you have a look at all them at Calais. There were a program on last night about the lorry drivers. The lorry drivers get fined two thousand pound per person that's. I saw that. The, Ridiculous. You saw them at Calais. They're all young lads, about eighteen to twenty-five, as well, fit well, as butchers pups. Well, as, as the lorry driver said, he said, "I'm not. I'm not paid uh, uh, yeah, to uh, be as, an immigration officer. Uh, you know, and they come in with knives at them." And when all's said and done, as Neil has just said, these are young men who are basically, I know times might be very difficult, but they're going to be coming into Europe and creating problems, believe me. Why do we, when we get these boats two mile off Syria, why do we then take them to Italy? No, take them a mile in, send them off on the way, and then just set fire to the boats. Look, there's islands everywhere. Yeah. Well, you, you, you're right. Set fire to the boat is one thing. Once everybody's safely so, on an island yeah, somewhere. Yeah, I'll, I'll put them back on the beach at Syria, where I mean, they've come from. If it's a question of only feeding people, but of course, you know, this is just an interim measure because they've got to stop these people from... Uh, I mean, you can't just arrive. We can't just do it. and we're, we're legal here. Yeah. So if people come in on a plane, the first thing they do is... Right, you don't have any papers, you don't come in the country. Exactly. So why are the rules suddenly changing when you're at sea? Exactly. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me, and I'm afraid it gets me a little bit cross. But what are the French doing about... They said there used to be about 100 people here. There's 2,500 now with all these posh tents waiting to jump on back of wagons in Cali. French are doing nothing, the police are there, and they're watching them climbing in. It's a nonsense. It's... 
Morning with Vince Tracy and Neil Colborne. What's happening in Europe with the accent on Spain and the UK? I mean, obviously, you don't want people to live a horrible life. Of course you don't. But at the end of the day, our own economies aren't right. So if people then start flooding us with all sorts of different numbers of people from uh, land, sea and air, um, we're not going to be able to ever get the economies right and be able to help them in the first place. Exactly, but they, they always want to make the United Kingdom because we're a soft touch. Well, I mean, the thing is, uh, if we look at what's happening on on the news yesterday and today, and this is the UK, we haven't quite got to the UK yet, but we will go there um, because um, they've said that HSBC are going to shed, I think, something like 20,000 jobs. 25,000 worldwide. And there was a company in Manchester. Yes, Whistle. Yeah, whistle, and they've stopped, so it's a whistle stop. But, uh, you know, when all's said and done, uh, it's about 700 jobs, isn't it? You know, and I don't know about you, but I've always thought those are the sort of signs that the recession is coming back. Have you noticed now that the post office has gone back basically private, (laughs) right? All these little firms that, you know, when it were uh, owned by by us, uh, oh, everybody were having days off, then this, that and the other. So all these little firms that were delivering parcels and, and uh, letters and this, that and the other, they all, they all jumped up, didn't they, thinking, oh, we'll make a few quid. But no, isn't it funny? It's gone into private hands. It'll be, it'll be earning more millions than soft mick. How does it not work the other way? OK, and talking to people that are earning lots of money, we go to another story that's cropped up in the Spanish news this week where football hero Cristiano Ronaldo's mother was caught flouting the law, carrying €55,000 in her hand luggage as she tried to leave Spain. State laws on laundering money dictate that uh, 10000 is the maximum that can be taken out of Spain undeclared. Well, I mean, anybody that takes out that sort of money has got money. I mean, you know, it's a lot of money, isn't it? It's like, what, half an hour's work for him? Well, Dolores uh, Avero is 60, hadn't filled in the declaration forms for her cargo and was held by the Guardia Civil while the money was confiscated in Braza Port last month. She then flew to Portugal carrying 10000 in order to reclaim the remaining 45000 of her loot. She'll have to pay a fine of at least €600. Euros. Well, sorry. I mean, if you've got that sort of money and you're trying to shift... Uh, shift it with nobody pay. I mean, you know, I don't think many people particularly object to paying fur taxes. Uh, you, exactly. You, you've got to pay for the roads right. and, the, and everything else. When I go over and I go and pick my pension up, you know, when my pension's accrued, I go and I pick 10,000 up or whatever it is or whatever there is in. Now, when my mother died, right, I had to fetch, I think it was something like 30,000, but I had to get the... Uh, and all officials stamp, you know, the uh, death certificate, the uh, probate, the bank to put it in sealed envelopes with all the paperwork on it and all that. And it it were okay because me and Ellie can have 10,000 each. But because they put it in a 20,000 bag, we could only put it in one case. Well, But we had the paperwork. Now, if she can't, surely they know it's paperwork. Just fill it in, get it stamped and off you go. Okay, it does take money for our next part of our stories from Spain uh, because Magaluf has for a long time had a binge uh, problem and there's a binge crackdown with drunken Brits vowing to carry on. They're saying getting mortal. I've never heard people say that. Have getting you? mortal? Have you heard that I thought before? that were dead. Well, that's what I would have thought, but uh, I suppose when you think about it, you know... Oh, dead drunk. Dead drunk, but... Uh, Find me, I don't care, insist young drinkers as they ignore the drive to clean up the Spanish resort. Do you think so? If they put them in a clink for a couple of weeks in a Spanish jail in this weather, won't they? uh, Well, tough new rules came into force into the Mallorcan town, nicknamed, uh, well, Shagaloof is what they're calling it, which, of course, uh, you, you can read that one for yourself, including a ban on drinking on the street and curbs unorganised bar crawls in an effort to clean up its image. With extra police drafted in to enforce the new rules on along the main strip, scuffles broke out as officers intervened to control youth chanting football slogans. Around half a dozen police cars intervened to curb the disorder. The crackdown on loutish behaviour includes uh, includes a total ban on drinking alcohol in the street between 10 
p.m. and 8 a.m. and restrictions on the resort's most notorious bar crawls. There will also be fines of up to €3,000 for nudity, urinating in the street or balconing. Uh, that, of course, Jumping is the crazy... Jumping up balconies, yeah. daft things into, it, into the hotel pool. pools, yeah. yeah. Um, they come after a teenager from Northern Ireland caused a furore last summer when she performed sex acts on 24 men. You probably remember yeah, that. Yeah, we remember that in a club, yeah. Um, some bars along the Punta Bayena strip where most of the action takes place had signs up with messages such as no alcohol permitted in the street and drink with a moderation. But overnight, there was widespread evidence of the rules being ignored as holidaymakers spilled out of bars carrying drinks. Hannah MacDonald, 19, a mental health nurse from Perth in Scotland, summed up the attitude of many. We're here for a reason. Um, you can guess, gather what that is. Yeah, um, get drunk, get laid. Find me, do whatever you want. Now, you see, I feel... See, the other thing is... If you're coming out of a club at three and four o'clock in the morning, they have doormen on these clubs. So just check them off them as they come into the door. And then if, if they start causing a bit of a rumpus, whoa, and the police are always going, I went, didn't I, to Anne's 70th birthday, where I flew from here on that viewing thing. It cost me two, it cost me 30 quid a minute or something, right? But that were in late September. So most of the, you know, like, these young Brits had gone, but there were still there were still clumps of them, you know, they're staggering ends. There were still a few of them, and they're always acting daft. Well, uh, but uh, one of the bar owners has said uh, uh, that this could put people off coming here. That could lead to the loss of up to a thousand jobs for the local economy. Another bar owner, who asked not to be named, said he was in favour of the new rules, but sceptical that they would be enforced. He said, nothing's going to change until we get rid of the all-included culture and bring in a different type of tourist. There are bars offering all-you-can-drink deals for €15, around £11, and the hotels do it too. They're giving these kids rocket fuel at knockdown prices, so it's no surprise that there's trouble. We get this here, of course. Yeah, we get all inclusive here. But if you're out on a on a stag do, you go, you, you do a bit of a bar crawl yourself, don't you? You don't need some rep coming telling you what bars to, you know, come into this bar, come into this. You go and have a bar crawl yourself and go and have a look at what it's all about. I'm going to sound really boring and old when I say this, but there's nothing worse to me than you know seeing a, a load of louts. Um, basically causing a problem, spreading out right across the pavement, making it unpleasant for everybody else. I don't have a problem with the, with a group of anybody, girls, men, whatever, uh, who basically are just having a laugh, having and, a laugh. and enjoying themselves. Yeah, and going from bar to bar having a laugh. And some of the costumes they have on, they're funny. And, of course, the it's... Spanish do this. Yeah. But I think there are numbers of young people who are coming across... And acting out of character. I mean, if that girl is, uh, uh, you know, if she was representative of some of the Brits coming out, um, then if you're a 19-year-old mental health nurse, yes, you need a bit of fun, and certainly there's there's nothing wrong with going away and enjoying yourself. But, but do it somewhere not in public. That's exactly. the I'll answer do it to a it, bit isn't of subtlety. it? But here, you tend to get slightly older stags and ends, don't you, than the... 18 to 25. Well, we do here, here only yeah. because it was a, a, de a deliberate policy because Benidorm, the reputation for, for Benidorm has been bad, but it's been changed because basically it's now a lot of older people. Um, but when it comes to the middle, the height of summer, when the older people are away because it's too hot for them, yeah. the younger people come in, and not just the British, by the way. No, no, no. Uh, a lot of the, the, the Spanish younger Dutch. people... Um, Norwegians, you get quite a lot of them. And I don't think I want to be anywhere near the centre of town uh, very often, um, you know, certainly after 10 o'clock at but night. You see, in August, you can't get in any, you can't get parked up anywhere because all the Spanish that are inland come to Benidorm for their holidays and they just park up for the week and that's it. Well, yeah. Benidorm, of course, uh, for those that are listening in and maybe don't know the area, uh, Benidorm is a cracking resort. I mean, it really is superb. The beaches are really good. The hotels are really good. Prices are really good. And in general, I don't think there's much of a problem anywhere, is there? 
There isn't. You don't see them all fighting on the street and throwing bottles and God knows what at each oh, other. Listen, we've got to be careful because there are things. I mean, every now oh, and again, you'll get incidents. Yes, you got. Well, you're going to get incidents in, think, in, in a sleepy village. You know, up in, in well, Lake District. Well, you will. You? you will, but you do get it more often in a town like Benidorm because of the numbers. The, yeah, it's the, the, the amount volume, of numbers. Yeah. Okay, we're going to move on. So let's just identify once again. Okay, so we move on, and uh, just in passing, I'll just mention this one. There's a British woman arrested for stripping naked on a mountain in Malaysia. Not particularly, your. Not particularly European news, but we will take it because basically uh, there's there's a bit of a craze has started. I don't know if you know about this, Neil, but what they do is they climb mountains and then strip off. Yeah, and then take all the, the photos and all that. Lot. But this is um, a, a religious mountain or something, isn't it? And and all that, yeah, they all stripped what off. Do you, what, what do you get? What you, you, you get what you deserve if you're going to if you go abroad to another country. Yeah, and and you go to a sacred mountain. And then strip off and start acting like an idiot. Acting the fool, And these are, dare I say it again, university students. 28, 25, 28. They should know better. All that lot, yeah. Um, And they're all uh, well-to-do. You know, these. You know, they're all what we call toffs. Well, isn't that often the way, you know? Unfortunately, that seems to be something. Because they can't do anything like that at home, can they? You know? Well, I think it's very sad. Uh, I, I've always got myself a little bit into hot water because um, being a, a college tutor, you have to sometimes say things which is not particularly uh, or they're not particularly palatable to students. Well, you know, if, if a student goes away to another country, they're not go, they're not playing by my rules. They're not playing by uh, our government rules no. or Spain if they're from here. It's an entirely it's different to do ball with game Malaysia. when you go over there. Exactly. Now, I'm going to see if you can uh, identify who this is uh, after he's spoken. In the budget, we will bring forward this strong new fiscal framework to entrench this permanent commitment to that surplus and the budget responsibility it represents. Our economic plan has been about fixing what went wrong in the British economy. From bailing out the banks to bringing them back from the brink, now is the time for RBS to rebuild itself as a commercial bank no longer reliant on the state but serving the working people of Britain. Okay, so we'll take him down. You know who it is, of course. It's George Osborne. He's telling us that he's going to sell it off at a loss. Hang on, it's ours. Not is well, it's well, ours. What I can't understand, Neil, because you know, I think you and I are reasonably good at adding up and you know, yeah. taking one away. One and one is definitely two, or it was when I was at school. And I don't think it's changed. So th- th- you've got this bank, the Royal Bank of S- Scotland, Scotland, which uh, used to be another bank, but of course, you know, they've changed names over the years. Um, but uh, this is a bank that was going under causing millions of people to worry about not having any money. It was propped up by the government, that is, the money of the country, the, the people. Taxpayers. And yeah. basically, um, it didn't go under as it was would have done on its own. And now this uh, Chancellor is saying that he's going to sell off the bank and the taxpayer is going to lose £7.2 billion. Now, now that would pay... For the NHS that they said they're going to find straight away, won't it? They want eight billion, so we're only a few quid short. If it's going to lose seven point two billion, yeah, why would you want to sell, sell it? it? Why not wait till he's saying and it's, it needs to build and grow itself? Well, if that's the way it's looking, it's going. Keep hold of it till we get all our money back. I mean, I'm I'm very worried about uh, anybody who is running finances who wants to sell something at a loss. Exactly. He either knows something more than I know and has bothered to tell us, or the other picture which I'm going to paint is probably 
uh, because they're talking about the institutions being offered the shares first. Uh, what sort of people are likely to give money to the Tory party? Thank exactly. you. Multimillionaires. From the city. So therefore, yeah. they now uh, are now... I mean, if this becomes a... Mo- if it was a monopoly... Yeah, and they were all sitting around a if table. This, if this suddenly spikes, the same as the post office will and all that, that should be classed as insider dealing by the Chancellor, if it has to be, because he'll have sold it off to all his cronies, and then the Royal Bank of Scotland will spike up and go, and the shares will go through the roof. Well, I'm just looking at the uh, the shares, which apparently uh, on the 9th of May 2007... Uh, were around six, well, five and a half uh, pounds, I think it'd be, um, each. Uh, then 28th of September 2007, it started falling. Okay, so now we get right down to December 2008, which would be... When the crash come. It was about the time that our radio station, and we started having to do podcasts. That yeah. was about the time, actually. Yeah. Uh, but I'm looking at a, a little hike for one year, 21st of September 2009, and then it's bottomed again, and it, it stayed the same all the way till now. So if that's the case, if the shares are not moving... And they rock bottom, they can't go any lower than rock bottom. Well, uh, when I say rock, rock bottom, they're... No, they're not uh, worth... Well, let's see. Not um, worth investing in it unless you you know something's going to happen with them. They're about three pound fifty, uh, well below the peak of six pound some five years ago, mm. um, and before the financial crash, uh, where I was looking at the figures, it was fifty five pounds a share. There you go. So therefore, I mean, if you're going to take anything um, and sell that at that figure, um, you you would want to do two things for me. The first thing I would want to do is I would want to say, how come that we've got got no profit between 2008 and 2015? Exactly. That's seven years. They make fortunes, banks. I mean, when they say they're going to fine them one and a half billion, they pay it straight away. Hang well, on. I mean, Hang on, how can you make that? Oh, well, am I wrong in thinking like this? Because, I mean, you, you know, you, just as an idea, if, if I was... Uh, maybe somebody thinking of investing in this bank, uh, which is the way it all works. Um, and I, I heard the Chancellor say, uh, because of, let me just say, be, because of the way the bank's being run, uh, we're going to uh, halve the salaries of all the top executives so that those earning, say, a million, and that'll be probably a, a pretty Quite good a average. Them, yeah. um, so if we've got, say, a hundred earning a million, uh, that means, say, we'd get 50 million straight away. We'd Correct. go back in the bank. Yeah. Have I got that right? Yeah, that's how it works. And then, But it doesn't work like that. But, I mean, if I heard that, and if you heard that, and we knew there were shares that were likely to be for sale... We'd invest probably, we'd have, wouldn't we'd we? We'd have a go, yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, it's what I can't understand is why do they think that the, the, the public is so stupid? So they're going to lose billions on the bank, the 7.7 billion, right, which would then pay almost pay the NHS. The other way to get the NHS back to where it is and all the roads in England that need re-tarmacking everywhere, no matter where you go, is stop the overhead... Um, money that we send overseas so we get everything put in order and then we'll, we'll have a look at it and then send some back because that's they've guaranteed Labour, Lib Dems Conservatives 12 billion a year let's get all England or UK or you know Great Britain get everything sorted the roads the, the health service and every, all these other things care the carers there's a million carers well, don't well, get paid well, for anything you know the mps right 660 uh, they're talking about giving them an extra 10,000 yeah okay 660 multiplied by 10 yeah is a healthy 66,000 that money could immediately go into the health service Correct. i mean I, I don't think you need to be a genius to see that do you it's not rocket science but as i say no sorry but overseas it there has to stop Till we just get this put back in order and then we'll have a look at the situation and then we'll send you a few, Bob. I don't get it at all. Yeah, great at throwing our money left, right and centre. Well, um, as ever, we'll go and have a little look at what people are talking about on the website uh, because basically that's where we'll see whether it's us that's well off our heads or maybe others. Uh, Old 
economical in Newport. Oh, you know, by my heart leapt for joy then for a moment. I thought that he said he was going to sell off Scotland. <laughs> so somebody's yeah, not well, taken that very seriously. Well, that'd serve as a few bob as well. Jules in France. I hope Osborne will give us a cast-iron guarantee that if RBS messes up again, he will protect our money in the bank like Labour did. When it was just National Westminster, it was a much nicer bank until Goodwin sold out to the lizards and bullies of RBS. Yeah, that's that's the thing with these... You know, you get these great big banks. They don't give a, a monkey's about the customers. Uh, Deanuck in Eastbourne. Money, money, money. That's all the greedy Tories want. Stuff these crops full. Uh, stuff their crops full and yeah. rob the working class. Um... G- uh, Jim R in Keithley. Well, York, Keithley, York. You, 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 you should get a bit of... Yeah, you'll get a bit of home truth there, Paul. Uh, how did anyone ever think that they could bail out a bankrupt company and make money on it? Pie-in-the-sky thinking from the Labour government. Should have let some of them go to wool years ago. Then we might have been able to get the rest under control. Don't forget, we've all been subsidising them with rock-bottom interest rates Correct. Uh, since the crash as well. And then the last one, Tory party, evil party, London, whoever this is. Another great Tory stitch-up, selling to their city mates, sell the shares to the public instead of their city friends. But this is probably payback for all the money the Tory mates pumped into the Tory party before the election. Well, it means the, the donors in it and all that. But you see, I, I agree with some with the, with the Yorkie there. He's, them, that can't, them that can't work... I'm sorry, but if you fall by the wayside, you fall by the wayside. It's as simple as that. And then there's better competition for them that are left, that will offer people. As he's saying, we've had no interest on our savings for, for seven years, yeah. six years, whatever. You and, know what and, I mean? And, and, I mean, the thing is, if you've got less money to start off with... Exactly. Um, ..then it's even it's even worse, really. I mean, these the things that really I think most people... Most people are probably... Quite easy going, but when you see the rich getting always getting richer, yeah, and, uh, and uh, I mean, I know it's not right to for, for me, I don't really go for this. Uh, the poor getting poorer, I think it's a question that we're not as poor as a lot of people, no, but we're, but we're not getting rich like these other people, yeah, are. but we're not, we're, we're actually we're taking two steps forward and one step back all the time. We can't, where we should, on, on our pensions or what are the savings that we've saved all our life, we should have been getting a decent return now that would, would have, you know, done all the bills. You know, quite comfortably should have done all the bills and a couple of quid to have a night out or whatever. But when it's at 0.01% or whatever it is, it's a nonsense. Let me just remind people. Europe calling. Vince Tracy with my special guest, Neil Colborne, looking at the news coming in from Spain and from the United Kingdom. Europe, Europe calling. Over to Neil. Just going back to that. Right. If we don't get any listeners, yeah, what happens? Do we get some people that will say, listen, come on, get, get us some listeners, get us some listeners phoning in or, or texting in or, you know, sending us emails and Facebooking. No, the plug gets pulled. That's it. If we've no listeners, we're finished. Well, well that's what happened at the radio station. And I mean, yeah. the only reason why we're, <coughs> we're doing this, basically, is because... I've been sitting at my computer sending out the podcast for a long time now. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and now we've got healthy figures. Now we're beginning to see that it's all been yeah, worthwhile. But what I'm saying is if the bank isn't working, there's no point in keep keep whacking a dead donkey. No. Right? And if we keep get, getting no listeners, all of a sudden we'd have to sit down and say, Vince, I think it's time the plug had to come. Well, wouldn't it? You let, know, let me just say, in our defence, by the way, when we were at the radio station, we were doing okay. We, yeah, we, we we were part of a company, and this is what a lot of companies do, and this is where it all goes wrong. For me, it's it's quite a great example because this was right at the beginning of the recession. We had our branch, which was up in Altea, and six hours' drive away down in Marbella, Marbella yeah. was the other branch, and the other branch was losing money. 
But where was the regional manager or where was the manager of the two branches? Going in Marbella. And then when he went up to Madrid with the figures, he had the two put together. Yeah. So we'd take the books of the two stations and it would look like we were losing money. Of course we were losing money if you put the two together. Exactly, when they're not we, making we were, and we were doing okay. Exactly. But that's, that's the other thing. We were getting over 100 texts every hour, and texts and phone calls and, you know, Every hour. so And you've got to fit in the, the adverts that we had to do. I mean, it was chaotic, wasn't it? But we loved every minute of it because people were getting involved. Well, but if there's nobody involved, like well, there was not in Marbella, he should have just pulled a plug in Marbella and, and we'd have just carried on as normal. Well, the next thing is, of course, it's the rise and fall of the radio stations, which basically virtually run themselves. Yeah, well, we had four, we had four go down in the last two or three years, haven't we? You know, when when all's said and done, you know, if you can't, we have to prepare this program. It takes a long time to prepare Great. it, and um, well, you do all that. You're the technician, and you're you're everything that that gets everything in. I come in and just hopefully bounce off you, and, and we bounce together, or we have a difference of opinion, and and that's how a show goes because it seems to be perfectly okay for the last well, six years. I mean, I've been busy looking for for stories all week, and I do this all week because basically sometimes there's nothing there's nothing in the news that's you know, in the, especially in the Spanish news, you don't actually get hell of a lot you that's don't. flooding. Where in England, you do. I've got a story here which uh, we might tread on a few toes. There we go. But it's the rise in the UK of career women abortion as a teen termination fall. Women in their early 30s are now more likely to have abortions. Uh, New NHS figures show abortion rates in England and Wales have remained stable. 54% of those having terminations last year were already mothers. 92 percent of abortions performed before 13 weeks with 80 percent before 10 weeks now I've got to say I have a, a a problem with some of this and it's not necessarily a, a religious thing uh, but if you think about it you know if your mum and my mum had um, decided to uh, abort we wouldn't be able to well, be, we here be talking on here, no, e- exactly so I mean I thank my mother wholeheartedly for her life. Uh, I, I thank her for the the sacrifices that she made to yeah, to, we, to have me and, we and my kids, sisters. And when we were kids, we, and obviously for yeah. my wife now, you know, who's looking you and your, but she's the mother. Who's you know, she's like the one who keeps everything together, and she's basically the matriarch, isn't she? You know. Yeah. Now the thing is, uh, it's got easier and easier in terms of getting a pill or quickly getting access to uh, an abortion. These women in thirties should know better. If if you're a career woman and all that, this, that and the other, you know, you, you're not 15, 13, 14, 15. You're 30, woman. And if you want to go on your career, that's okay. But don't be getting caught pregnant and having to terminate something just because, uh, oh, I forgot to take my pill. Because that them days have gone. You're 30-odd. It's not like, you, as I said, 13. Well, you know, I, I find all this quite difficult because um, I know we're, we're talking of an area which is dead easy for a man to, yeah, you yeah. know, just walk away from a situation. But uh, let's go to um, Everedi. Uh, this is from Truro. So this is my neck of the woods, actually, where we used to live. If a man walks away from his child, uh, the world screams blue murder and starts up the CSA uh, to make sure they pay. A woman can murder her own child and everyone says it's OK. Never mind. Uh, I hope your feelings are, are okay. The way society treats the genders makes me puke. Women's lives are one excuse to the next. How come you never accountable for anything? Um, feminism, right? Well, I mean, he's going to obviously have lots of people saying things against him, but I think there's a little bit of an understanding of what he's trying to say there. Yeah, what he's saying is if we get... if. if a girl comes up to us and says she's pregnant, boom, and we do a we do a bunk, boom, we're, we're slagged off left, right and centre. What he's saying there is if somebody has a termination, you know, it's it's all right for these women and this, that and the other. You know what I mean? That's But I, it, it's not, well, if this if these circumstances, you know, are religious circumstances, yes, I agree, but... You know, it, it, it's the woman's choice. After all, it's her body. You know, it's the woman's choice to, 
it's going to grow in her body and then, you know, she's left, as you say, holding the baby, well, basically. Well, this might put it in perspective, Claire in Yorkshire, uh, Claire 113 Yorkshire. Well, that's simply not true. Do you use abortion as your method of contraceptive? Uh, this obviously must be down the thread, but uh, it takes two people to create a pregnancy, but only women seem to be shamed when making decisions about whether or not to terminate. Contraceptives are not 100% effective. It's amazing how many people forget. Uh, I, I don't know this. Sometimes abortions are needed and should be provided. Should someone decide that's what's best for them? If you don't want to have an abortion, don't have one, but you've no right to judge or decide for other people. I, I would, as, yeah, I, as can under, yeah, I can understand that. that. Yeah. All I'm saying, uh, really, is that it's the responsibility of having the child. That's what's really, uh, for me, the, 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 the sad thing, because obviously if it's... Um, you see, you don't want to fetch your child into a, a home that it's not going to be loved, it, it's going to have a seriously bad life, or it's going to be put into care. Do you know what I mean? You know, where's the balance with that? You know, especially when you're talking at like four or five weeks pregnant and this, that and the other, you know, it's... It's a horrible decision that anybody's had to make. I'm just glad I've never had the, you know, I've never oh, had to it, make it. It's awful. And, and and the women are always left looking as if it's their fault. Their fault, yeah, and I get that. Quite right, it does take two to tango. Correct. I'm going to finish this by just uh, giving you a one comment from Oracle 15 in London. Does anybody remember that abortion legislation was passed on condition that it should apply only in cases where the lives of the prospective mother were in danger if the births went ahead? I think people are forgetting that, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. Well, you see what happens. It, it becomes too easy then, doesn't it? And, and that law just gets full of, full of cobwebs and, and everybody forgets that. OK, uh, there was another story in the UK that, again, I found this very, very upsetting. Uh, it's all very well me saying that. Um, but really, when you saw the picture of this little girl, and it's about the owner of a dog... Uh, that mauled an 11th month old uh, girl, a little beautiful. girl. Beautiful. Did you I, see I, the picture? Well, this of is her. why. When this she is... was laid there yeah. with a beautiful, piercing blue eyes, little curly hair. But did you see him turn up at court? Yeah, well, I did. In yeah, a he, yellow he, thing he and, looked, and yellow he goggles. He looked the right one, didn't he? Well, he's going to be a right nutcase. Well, he's jailed for 18 weeks for, yeah, 18 for possessing weeks. this dangerous animal. Uh, as the judge rules, it was a banned pit bull type. And the, this nine-stone dog was blocked in the kitchen, but it had escaped. Um, but, I mean, the thing is, jailed for 18, 18 weeks. weeks. For, for owning a banned dog. What about him being the owner of a dog that's killed a little baby? Yeah. That's, I'm not gonna, where's the sentence on that? I'm not going to give the full details, because basically it, it's so it's horrific. Hot. But, I mean, if you even tried to, to just imagine... If the, if it came for you or me, that would be awful. I mean, you'd be really horrified. Exactly. What about this poor little child? That is sh- what it, an end. It just ripped. It took her by the head and ripped her to pieces. And I mean, you know, we now, just he's been training that to attack. You what? know, you see him with them oh. lumps of wood and trees and got no. And and he's he's going in court looking a complete and utter exactly what he is and well, not right with a big yellow cape on. And big yellow um, swimming swimming goggles to, to protect his identity. Well, He'll be on Facebook, and everybody will have it. Well, and he should. I'm sorry, but the judges, you Ridiculous. know, you've got to give us, you've got to give a message to society that if you think a little baby is worth only not 18 weeks, well, because it'll be nine weeks. Yeah. Um, there's a person in Barnsley. These people disgust me. The lowest of the low. They're all. Uh, chavs with absolutely no intelligence Correct. or consideration for anyone but themselves, scum of the earth. Yeah, little men, big dogs. Um, That's what they have. You know, they walk in Long Street with this with this dog snarling and growling, and he's holding it back. And you're yeah, come and attack me, and my dog will have you. You know what I mean? But when it comes the other way around and it kills a little baby, uh, um, were, he, were he going out with the child's? Yeah. Grandmother or something, on it or something like well, that. Well, BXT Sussex. This, uh, sorry, this man is an idiot. He illegally bought a dangerous dog, and he knew what the risks were. He should have got a way bigger sentence. Did the dog get put down? Yes, it did. Didn't it? it did. Yeah. Uh, and finally, we will look at Sheila because there's one down here which I can quickly uh, scroll up and see. Uh, we are told not to judge 
but he looks just like I thought he would. Exactly. Pitbull type face, wide set eye, short black haircut, smoking a roly. But he's got uh, tattoos and uh, trainers. And, and on benefits. You see, really, isn't it awful that we're talking like this? Yeah. Because Do you, you know, know what I feel sorry for? Little staffies. So staffies are fantastic, because, but the dog's not born bad. It's the owner. You t- it's like when you teach a kiddie, a baby, you know, a toddler. You teach them what's right, what's wrong, that's hot, that's cold, that's the... If you don't teach them the right way, they go off the rails. But I feel sorry for some of these people who have staffies that I know a few, and the, the dogs are absolutely soft as muck. Look, I've got to say... I love a nice dog. Correct. I have to say, I'm always less, should we say, uh, less happy when you've got a dog, which is obviously a fighting dog. Exactly. I remember going to a friend's house years ago, and this dog was in the room, and it did nothing but growl for well, the hour that we were in well, there. That, that's got to be put in, in the yard. Exactly. Get out. Exactly. Unfortunately, uh, some people just don't see it, no. and they seem to take a delight in seeing you look uncomfortable. Well, that's what they do. It's called a little man syndrome. Little man, big dog. I'm tough. No, you're not. Get the you're dog out. Calling. calling. Vince Tracy with my special guest Neil Colborn, looking at the news coming in from Spain and from the United Kingdom. Europe, Europe calling. calling. Going to change the uh, mood a little bit because that was very, very sad. And uh, Neil, like me, probably just uh, you don't really want to talk about these things. No. But you know, when it, I was reading it in paper and, and the photograph of the little girl, yeah. you thought, "What? Well, she was beautiful. She was. She really was Absolutely. beautiful, baby." Um, we go next to a story which concerns the runner Mo Farah, and he's hit out at having his name indirectly associated with allegations. Um, of uh, doping because his coach Alberto Salazar has been involved in supplying performance enhancing drugs to athletes. Um, now that shouldn't be written like that because no, because, because it's, it's only to do with more fire. Well, certainly uh, it's only other other athletes that have made the allegations at the moment. And they've anyway. only made allegations against him. From years ago. Yes. Now, all of a sudden, Mo Farah's our great big champion. He's our poster boy and everything, and he's fantastic. So, all of a sudden, we had Mo Farah's name to this, all because his coach has allegedly been supplying American runners or other other runners he's had in his, you know, in, in his team. I mean, if, if, if by association... What's he got to do with Mo? Well, well, it, it's by association, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. I mean, basically, if you were well into drugs, you know, and uh, people knew you were coming around here, then they'd be saying, oh, Vince is onto Vince, drugs. Vince must be the supplier. But having... Nah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but having said this with Mo Farah, I mean, for the, for the improvement that he's made, it already you could make a connection between his improvement and the coaching methods, maybe, that... That they're alleging have been right. in this camp situation. When you're as good as Mo Farah, you're tested five times more than any regular athlete. He's and he's, they call him up in the middle of the day, wherever they are, you know, and they have to get there within a certain time or whatever distance you are away, or you go to this other place that's nearer. He'll be he'll be tested more times than soft Mick. And if I had to put my life on it. I don't believe Mo Farah. Well, look at size of him, any road. I could, I could understand him taking um, weight loss drugs because he's not as far through as a lettuce. I, I've got to say, I, I, I like the guy intensely. He's not uh, British. He's now become British, British yeah. uh, which is a, a little bit of yeah, a, a yeah. The nudging, know. the nudging the thing, like uh, we had Zola Bud years ago, didn't we? But you know that were okay. One. It's happened. So uh, now we see a very nice man. He's got lovely children. He's got a lovely family situation, and he looks like he's got a fantastic work ethic yeah. that makes him a champion. Exactly. Now, somewhere along the line, is somebody trying to unsettle that? Well, is that what they're after? Yeah. Well, they unsettled him because he was a big poster boy for the Birmingham Games, and he, and because it, it was so much stress and people knocking and phoning and God knows what that he pulled out. So all them speckies that have paid all that good money to see Mo Farah didn't see him. And it's worked for one one thing, but I don't think it'll work for any more. 
But is, not is, like the big championship. Is that really what this is about? Is it to undermine him and anybody else? Or is there more to this than meets the eye? Because well, it's got to be to try and upset more Fadder because it's got it's got absolutely nothing to do and it shouldn't have been written with more Fadder's name in it. There's the coach. Find out what he's been up to and if he's been doing wrong, then ban the coach. But even the coach is only... It's an alleged, uh, alleged thing. thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's only an alleged allegation by other athletes, isn't it? You but know. I'll tell you what I did see, just in case you've not seen this. They showed you um, uh, enough evidence to suggest that the Scottish sprinter Alan Wells... No, they brought his name into it. ...who's been part of this regime, apparently... Um, that they reckon that he's been uh, subjected to all sorts of drugs, uh, but of course at a time when doping wasn't the way it is now. Well, that would be eighties, wasn't it? Would it eighties, early nineties, or something? When yeah, it, it would he be was running. Yeah, and, and but I mean, I mean but, right. but it never entered our you minds, know, did it? You know, if we have a great show and and we're on on radio two or three times a week or whatever, and we're doing well, and somebody's not, somebody's going to try and throw the spanner in our works somewhere along the line. You know, it's a jealousy type thing, isn't it? Okay, well, look, we'll leave this by saying we both believe in Mo. Correct. And uh, he's a great champion. And uh, I don't think, and Neil certainly doesn't think, uh, that anything's going to be found on On Mo at all. But his coach, I don't know, because I don't, I've never heard of him. But if he's dodgy, he's dodgy. No, he he was a runner, wasn't he, I think, Alberto Salazar. I think he was. Oh, where is Salazar? A distance runner. I think he was. OK, we're going on now to uh, a married teacher again. And this, oh, it's, um, that, it's, as soon as I saw it this morning, I thought, hey, oh, Vince is going to get me on this one again. She's been done for two raping them or something. Sex she? monster <laughs> who seduced boys aged 13 and 15. <laughs> this is uh, a teacher accused of repeatedly having sex with two boys in the 1980s. The court hears that she abused her position of trust to groom the teenagers. Prosecution says she's a manipulator, well-skilled in what she was doing. She allegedly phoned the boys' school, pretending to be his mother to say he was ill. Anne Lakey, 55, was a young teacher climbing the career ladder when she allegedly took the virginity of a boy 13 or 14. Well, the court heard that um, they met up twice a week for sex and on one occasion he was forced to hide in a cupboard when Lakey's husband came home. There you go. Well, I've got to say... What a nice song, that. A world we live in, you were playing then. Yes. Well, you were talking It's, it's yeah. absolutely right, isn't it, for it, yeah. But, I mean, you know... As soon as I saw this, I thought, oh, my God, here we go. You knew we'd get this. Listen... Let me go back to being 13 or 14. Please, let me have a go and I'll let you all know what it's like. Marvellous. What is she, going on? It showed you a picture of her when she was a school teacher, yeah. and she was bonny. But this is what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's not really about later. But you see, the thing is, it's like the Jimmy Savile thing. Yeah. He, he was younger when he was doing all the things that were going on. Yeah. Uh, same with this uh, lady. She's probably thought... Well, so have I'm, these boys brought it up now? Oh, I would think so. Well, I mean, I'm not being funny. So she'd be 30-odd and she's 55 now, so they'd be 30-odd now, wouldn't they? Yeah. They want to slap round here all. Well, uh, I think somewhere along the line, (laughs) they are looking at probably a bit of revenge, possibly a little bit of money. They'll be so soft and give them a crack round here You know, they'll suddenly become victims. uh, Victims, 30-odd-year-old men. You know what I mean? Do yeah, me but a favour. You see, the thing is, they're probably after a bit of money. Correct. And is it going to prove, uh, Is it going? To, should she be punished? Yes. No. She's, you know, she's got to be, Neil. No. If she's been a teacher, if she, if... Well, if she's still a teacher, well, don't get forget, rid of her. No, don't, if she's no, found no, guilty. She's, she's, she's a head teacher. Oh, well. But the point is... Is that why they brought it up now? Well, because she's got up the ladder to the... At team. the end of the day, if people are going up their ladders yeah. and suddenly they're now making rules for everybody else and then suddenly somebody else has found out that, hang on, you know, as she was a young teacher, she was doing this, that and the other. I'll tell you what she'll do, shall I? Go on then. She'll take early retirement. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So she gets a pension and everything. Be- 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 before be- yeah. the case comes to trial. Yeah. There you go. 
But if she does, yeah, well, yeah, she's got to be punished for that. If she's, I thought she'd stop teaching, you see. But if she's an head teacher, well, yeah, you've got to, you know. Well, at the end when of the they day, start you... unlocking them cupboards, make sure there's no skeletons to fall out. You, you can't, you can't tell other people how to behave. No. And especially, we've done this when we were just talking about the behaviour of teachers. I mean, if you're a teacher, no matter what the age is, you are looking can after I? those. Uh, yeah. If if they're a bit older, well, I can probably almost understand. If you're 16, 16 or above, fine. Let me have a get me back to school, will you? <laughs> please. Okay. Now, what about uh, four steps to happiness? Hit me with them. Are you um, happy? You a happy man? Am I happy? Do I look happy? Are we both happy? I am, yeah. I think we are happy. Now, this is a a new report that's come out, and it's a four-step plan by the Mayo Clinic, a handbook for resilient living. So have they got it right? Let's see, would we agree with it? Go on, then. First of all, train your attention. Dr. Sood recommends doing this by waking up with gratitude being in nature, resisting judgment and expressing kindness. Yeah, I express kindness when it when it's given and, and that. But when I wake up in the morning, I'm just grateful that I'm, I go like that. I'm still breathing. That'll do nicely. I've got well, I've got, day of it. I've got to say, Neil, I look down towards the sea See, and I look do. at the mountains I and I think, God, this is fantastic. Where am I? And I do think of other people around the world who maybe are not yeah, in happy places. Exactly. You know? Okay, number two. Get emotionally tough. When things go wrong, Dr. Sood advises try to focus on what went right within what went wrong. Right. I don't know about you, but since I, like, 55, 58, I start getting tears at stuff on telly. My emotions have gone to bits. My big, tough emotions have, have all drained out of me. Well, I think we've, we've become better. But if something comes better. tough, then I get resilient. Well, I think we've become better because at the end of the day... You know, there's nothing... Take take the little girl we've just been talking about. Yeah. That upset me. Yeah, it does upset you. I upset... When I saw it on the TV, I mean, I really just... I could feel water in my eyes, but it was also the anger. The anger knowing of, that, of that, that. And when you, then when it, it flicks straight to him going in court, that's when the, that's when the tears stop. There comes to be tears of anger that you want to grab hold of him, put him in a room and exactly. give, it, give it him. Number three, Go connect on. your mind and body. Activities to do this could include reading, exercise, music, art, prayer, meditation, yoga, and deep breathing. I don't do the last four or five. I, uh, I think I do all I, of them, actually. I do exercise. That's my golf. I do my walking. And in this weather, I do a, quite a few lengths. Uh, I'm the same. I, yeah. I love I love reading a good book. Uh, today, I was I'm, reading about the history of Europe, and I thought it was fantastic. I've got to be into the thing that I'm reading. You, you know, my mate, the physio. Yeah. Well, his book flowed and flowed and flowed, like yours. Went from song to song, which was connected... When I when I get one, I, I tend to want to read it all the way through. Yeah. If I'm into it, if somebody gives me a book to read and I'm bored after the second page, that just stays on the shelf. I'm I've got to get the last one in oh, number four because right, we're almost up to time. Right, oh, okay. Oh, right. Pick, pick healthy habits. The book advises doing this by simplifying your life, exercising, picking your battles, and lightening up. Lighting up. Lighten. <laughs> um, no, lightening up. I mean, I've got to say... I don't pick any battles. If it comes to me, it comes to me, and I'll sort it one way or the other. But other than that, every time I wake up and that um, my thing goes up, you know, the shutter goes up in the morning, beautiful. I'm happy. I've got to say, if uh, I don't have to have a row, I'll get away from it. Oh, I do. But I don't. I don't want to be carrying on rowing and all that malarkey. But like yourself, I mean, if if it comes, it comes. You, I'm sorry, but and, that's and, it. And sometimes you do have to stand your ground. Exactly. And basically, I think at the moment this is where some of these politicians are going wrong because, quite frankly, if they don't stand the ground and say enough is, is enough. enough. Uh, I mean, at the moment, uh, I can't believe... They've not got the bottle to stand there and say, whoa, hang on a minute, David this Cameron. Is David Cameron is is uh, decimating the defence budget and giving the money to India. Exactly. Do me a and they, favour. They, they've got a something like £3 trillion uh, space programme. Neil, we'd better say goodbye to our listeners. Okay, Let's okay. go to uh, California. 
California. We're going to Podomatic, Spreaker, Gigadial and Stitcher Radio. Uh, we'll go to my web- website. Yes, which is www.vincetracy.com. Hey, woof. How did I get that one? Into the Marvelous. thousands on the daily basis. Looking good. Uh, we'll go to Detroit. Which is WROM and it's Tom and the Gang and the WROM stands for... The World Realms of Music. Well, uh, going straight to Beats FM. Oh, Naz and the gang in Bangladesh. And what are we in Bangladesh? Big in Bangladesh. Hello and goodbye to Matty Arans. That's at Mersey Radio in Liverpool. And last but not least, tonight we're saying goodbye to... Uh... We've got two, haven't we, left? We've got two left. Okay, who have we got? We've got Family Radio 1 in the UK. You've and done who's that, that well. And, and that's that? Mike. Mike. Mike there you go. And our last one? Is Aircheck. Florida and who that's is Erica. it? Correct. Erica. There you go. And don't forget, George, send us the uh, comments in. We're all up for them. Catch you next week. See you later.